0: Hey, Amen. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and this is Bedatitudes episode eight. Blessed are the dads who are meek. Now, in each of these episodes, uh, in case you haven't gotten the rhythm yet, you know, we break each Bedatitude down into three parts. The first part being how this Bedatitude orders our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So in the course of learning how to become fathers after the Heavenly Father's own heart, we first have to reflect on how our Heavenly Father fathers us, his children. And then, of course, we'll talk about our relationship with our wife, and then finally our relationship with our kids. So in this first uh, episode where we reflect on the bedattitude, blessed are the dads who are meek, I want to talk about how that orders our relationship with our Heavenly Father and how that challenges us to be a certain kind of son to the father. But let's take a look at this word meekness, because I think as men, we have a hard time with that word, because it, it sounds like we're being asked to be weak or cowardly or milk toast in some way. That's not actually what the word means. So I'm not a scripture scholar, but I, I have friends who are, and I am told that the word meek as it's used in the Beatitudes um, is taken from the Greek word praus. Um, forgive my pronunciation if that's not correct exactly, but it's, it's from this word that means, um, that, that's, excuse me, that's used to refer to the way a war horse responds instantly to its rider's commands. The way a war horse is not distracted by the battle, but able to attune to what his rider, his commander is ordering him to do In the very moment it needs to be done. It's that kind of quiet, attentive spirit that is, um, I'm aware of what's going on around me. I'm ready to respond however my rider orders me to. And that's really what meekness refers to, kind of being a good soldier. Uh, And so let's talk about, you know, what that means to our relationship with the Father, You know, in the first beatitude, "Blessed are the dads who are poor in spirit," I talked about how we don't know what we're doing, and we have to embrace the fact that we don't know anything. We especially don't know how to be dads the way our heavenly dad wants us to be. Uh, And so, that poorness, that poverty of spirit, allows us to be humble enough to puts us in a, a, a humble spirit, so we can receive what God wants to teach us. What what the beatitude or beatitude meekness and the beatitude meekness refers to is our ability to actually hear what God is saying to us in the moment, right? So first we have to be humble and recognize that I don't need any I don't know anything and I and I need instruction. But meekness refers to our ability to receive that instruction well, to really listen to what God is saying. Um, And I think we have a hard time with that, right? We know, we know intellectually that prayer is supposed to be a conversation, but we don't really hear God talking to us because we think that God's going to speak to us with this, you know, big kind of Cecil B. DeMille voice. Greg, I want you to do the thing, 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 thing. That's not how it works. I wish it was. But God does speak to us and he speaks to us constantly. God's language is experience, God's language is reality. He speaks and things come into being. So, what I'm saying is, how do we hear God's voice? We listen to him speaking to us through what's happening to us. Now, I am not suggesting, by the way, that God is causing all the things that happen to you. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, he speaks through that experience and we understand him in our response. So, what does that mean? So, this thing happens. All right. God is saying something to me through that thing. I, and I listen to him and through my response, I say, okay, Lord, what do you, how do you want me to respond to this in a way that will glorify you, help me be my best self and hopefully invite the people around me to be their best selves as well. What response could I make that would at least move me in the direction of those three things, glorifying God, being my best self Inviting those around me to be their best selves too. And when I say invite, I don't just mean telling them to be their best self. I mean, inviting them through my, through my behavior, it encourages them to be their best selves too. So as I reflect on that question, what God is saying to me in my experience becomes clear because there's only one or two ways I could respond to a situation that would glorify God, enable me to be my best self. And invite, through my behavior, the people around me to be their best selves too. Well, when I figure that out, that's what God is saying to me. He is speaking to me in that situation. That's not just me just figuring it out myself. That's God leading me to it. Now you might say, well, I mean, how is that not you just figuring it out for yourself? Well, St. Ignatius of Loyola actually talks to this. He speaks about three ways that God talks to us. Uh, The first way is through what he calls total clarity. This is the St. Paul getting knocked off the horse kind of way that God speaks to us, right? Well, one day I'm out there killing Christians and having the time of my life. The next time, the next day, I am a Christian. How did I get there? Well, I got knocked off my horse uh, and I was struck blind. And I had to go through this experience where, you know, I needed to learn a different way of being. And I couldn't have figured that out for myself. And St. Ignatius of Loyola says that that, that kind of total clarity That God uses sometimes, rarely, but sometimes tends to happen when there is no way we could have figured this out for ourselves, right? There was no way that St. Paul could have on his own gone from believing that it was God's call to persecute Christians to actually being one. God needed to knock him off his horse, literally. And there are some times when we have no idea what we're going to do, right? Our life is going in this particular course, and there's no way we can figure this out. And all of a sudden, boom, I know what I'm supposed to do. Where'd that come from? And we just have to get out of God's way. And if we do, if we give our assent to that, then it happens, that's the total clarity that St. Ignatius of Loyola is talking about. And, and we all recognize that as the voice of God, I think. Um, at least we're more likely to be able to recognize that as the voice of God. Um, but we tend to think that that's the only way God speaks to us. But um, there are two other ways, St. Ignatius says. The second way that St. Ignatius says uh, God speaks to us is through what he calls an attraction of the heart. As I pray about this thing, as I reflect on I don't know what to do, but I'm going to sit with it. And I'm going to bring it to the Lord. And I say, you know, Lord, I, I, I'm i trying to decide what the best response to this is. I have a couple of choices. You know, they, they both look okay. I'm not sure what you want me to do, though. How can I respond to this in a way that, that would actually glorify you, help me be my best self, and invite, through my behavior, the others around me to be their best selves, too? And I sit with that, and I think about it, and I pray on it. And slowly but surely, I experience an attraction of the heart. That's St. Ignatius' terms, an attraction of the heart. Um, In other words, it's like watching the sun come up in the morning, right? You know, it's dark, and I see the horizon line, and um, there's a little bit of light, and I think maybe the sun is rising, but I'm not sure. But then there's a little peak of the sun, and then it slowly comes up, and suddenly it's this glorious morning. Well, that's the attraction of the heart. The more I sit with the thing, the more I pray about it, the more I reflect on it, the more my heart just kind of leans in one direction as opposed to another direction. And that is God speaking to me. Again, God's language is experience. I'm experiencing that attraction of the heart as I sit with it, as I pray about it. For some reason, it just seems like this is the thing to do. And Ignatius makes the point that, you know, um, God tends to speak to us this way, When we have a couple of good options we could choose, each option is is more or less equally good or equally rational. It, It could be good to do this in this situation. It could be good to do that in this other situation. What do I do? Well, as we sit and pray about it, God attracts our heart to the answer that he wants us to. And we feel a greater sense of being drawn to that choice as opposed to the other choices. Um, you know, this is not, this doesn't apply, for example, to, um, let's say, a situation where I, the choice is between a good thing and a bad thing, right? If, if, if I have a choice between doing a sinful thing or a destructive thing and a virtuous thing, God, God is always calling me to do the virtuous thing. It doesn't matter whether my heart is leaning toward cheating on my wife, right? God is never going to ask me or give me permission to cheat on my wife. That's just not part of what God's plan is, right? Um, You know, so he's never going to, he's, when we talk about the attraction of the heart, it doesn't just mean that whatever you want to do, whatever your heart leans toward, it assumes that you're trying to choose between virtuous options. It assumes that you're trying to lead a holy life. Um, It assumes that you're truly seeking God's will, you know, it it assumes that you uh, are 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 already doing the things that God has taught us to do through the conversations that He has been having with His people for four thousand years, um, that have led to the commandments and the teachings of the Church. I say four thousand years because of the two thousand years of, of of Jewish tradition before Jesus came, uh, because a lot of our Christian teachings are drawn from uh the, the The revelation that God gave to the jewish people the 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 chosen people um so so it you know the, we this attraction of the heart the, the only qualifier is that it's that we're choosing between two virtuous things, two reasonable things, two good things, or more you know uh, and as we sit and pray about it, our heart is attracted toward that, and that is God speaking to us it's not just us puzzling it out that's God speaking through us through our heart, through our mind, pulling us in that direction. The third way that Ignatius says God speaks to us is through, um, I want to make sure I get the wording exactly right here. The weight of reason. And this is the one that confuses us the most, the weight of reason, because, you know, this is where we think, well, how come uh, that's just me, right? That's just me figuring stuff out. How is that God talking to me? Well, here's the thing, guys. We can't want good things. We, we don't. We, we want to feel good right? We want to feel fulfilled. We want to be happy. We want things to work out. But I don't know about you, but again, I don't know how to make any of those things happen in my life. I have the first clue what it takes to make me happy. I have, I certainly don't know what's going to take to make my wife happy or my kids happy. That's a huge mystery. I have no idea, right? I can't figure that out on my own. That takes us back to the first beat attitude, right? Being poor in spirit. Well, If I'm able to, if I'm able to be a, well, okay, (laughs) before I get to that, and in my effort to make myself happy or make my wife happy or make my kids happy, I do a lot of really dumb things. Sometimes I do some really destructive and sinful things because I can't figure out what to do. We can't hit on the right time to act. We can't figure out the right thing to do. We can't figure out the right time to do it. We're hopeless. (laughs) Right. So if we're left to our own devices, even with our best reasoning power. We're not very good at figuring out answers. So if we are drawn to anything that is good, that is truly reasonable, that is appropriate, that is beautiful, any, anything that is objectively right, it's because God is walking along with us. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, you know, there's a quote, St. Saint, Saint, uh, Saint, uh, excuse me, C.S. Lewis, um, in one of his books, talks about how just like a toddler learns to walk because his mom or his dad holds his hand while he takes those steps. Uh, C.S. Lewis said that, that God holds our hand, if you will, while we learn to think. And while we learn to reason and he teaches us to think and reason correctly. And so this weight of reason that St. Ignatius talks about is our ability to hear God speaking through experience and identify the good thing to do, the true thing to do, the beautiful thing to do that would glorify him, enable us to be our best selves and invite others through my behavior to be their best selves as well. If I can figure that out and come from me, that came from God talking to me through my experience, through the experience of my heart, through the experience of my reason. He's teaching me to think with his thoughts, and to and to see the thing with his eyes, to feel with his heart. And I am he is inclining me to his heart, as the scriptures say, so that I can be his son and I can be one with him as Christ and the Father are one. So this this kind of meekness, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm weak or crippled or unintelligent or anything it means that i'm attentive to how god is speaking to me that i am that i recognize first of all because of my poverty of spirit that i don't know what i'm doing um and i need to be taught but through my meekness i'm attending at all times, to what God is trying to say to me through my experience, whether that experience is the events happening around me, the reactions I'm getting from the people that share my life, what's going on in my own heart or my mind. And I'm testing those spirits, as it tells us to do in 2 Corinthians 10, 15. I'm testing those spirits to always see what response is going to help me glorify God in this moment be my best self in this moment, and through my behavior, invite the people around me to be their best selves as well. And so as I'm thinking about that and praying about that, I'm either going to have that experience of total clarity or an experience of an attraction of the heart toward one choice as opposed to another choice, or I'm going to have experience the weight of reason as I really puzzle it out. It's just clear to me that no, this is the right thing to do. I need to do this. But, but again, this isn't just me flying off the handle and deciding on my own power that this is the right thing to do. That's how I get in trouble. It's, it's, it's not me in the horse in the battle, just taking off and going to attack the enemy as a horse. I don't know what to do, right? But if I'm attentive to my rider, if I'm meek and I am responding instantly to his commands, I am able to win the battle. I am able to be a good son. I'm able to be one with him and hear his voice speaking to me, instructing me, telling me how to love my wife, how to love my kids, how to meet their needs, how to attend to their concerns, how to teach them, my children especially, to be everything that God created them to be. Because I'm not perfect, but because I'm modeling that process myself. My kids are going to have to figure out for the rest of their lives, who does God want them to be? Well, they're going to know it because they've, they saw me puzzling that out every day. Not because they saw me being perfect or pretending to be, but because they saw me asking God every day. All right, teach me what to do next. What do you want now? How can I respond to you now? And I'm teaching them through my example of how to listen to God, how to be meek, how to be attentive to what the rider is telling the horse to do so that we can win the battle together. I hope that you'll continue to check out uh, the Be datitudes Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. And if you'd like additional support, I, I hope you'll become a subscribing member of Catholic Home, the Catholic Home app, and that's spelled H-O-M. It stands for Households on Mission. You know, every day... Uh, the free members receive the information uh, that they need to live out this model of parenting that I'm talking about, but for a, for the subscription fee, you also get regular daily expert accompaniment by me and my whole staff of pastoral counselors and trained parenting coaches. Will walk with you every day, giving you the specific guidance and advice that you need and the resources that you need to succeed. So check it out. Download the Catholic H O M app and become a subscribing premium member of the app so that. That you can get the daily support you need to live this out. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bedatitudes podcast.